Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. We have an amazing guest, casting director slash casting associate, Seth Kasky. You know him. He just finished casting Close Up on Freeform. You know him from the show Glow, American Princess, so many others. Let's bring him back on so we can have a full on discussion, get to know him and get to know about the world of casting. Come on on. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm so well, thank you. Thank you so I'm much so for happy. inviting me to be here today. Of course, of course. I just love what you cast. I love your taste in actors. But you know what I really love right now? I love the background. <laughs> I know someone's going to hear this and not look at this on YouTube. But can, you, can we just talk about this for a second? Because life has changed. And actors need to have great background, great sound. We can. I know you address it on your Instagram page. Um, but tell me, what is going on here? It looks so freaking amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, you're actually in my spare bedroom that I have now converted <laughs> into my office now that we're in quarantine times. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm a camera nerd. Um, it's something that I have always been into. I spent some time doing some videography and video production for a couple of years. And so have a bunch of gear lying around my house. And so when I was going to be working from home and we were going to be doing a lot of Zooms and video conferencing, I'm like, let's put it to use. And so that's wow. what I've done here. I want, um, your, I want your camera nerdiness. I love it. Love it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the camera that I'm using, um, so the great thing about laptops these days is that you can connect a DSLR or an external web camera to your laptop. So you don't have to just use the built-in camera that's on your MacBook. Um, so what I have is a DSLR, a Canon DSLR, that's what I happen to shoot and own, um, with a 50 millimeter lens on it. And so that's what gives it this wonderful sort of depth of field blurry background. Uh, and I have it, I have it just any, any camera that you have that has an HDMI signal out, that if you're able to shoot HDMI on any camera, um, you, you will need a converter that converts the HDMI signal to a USB signal that you plug into your computer. Um, and you can get those for you know, $100, $150 on Amazon. Uh, a good brand is called Camlink. Wow. Um, yeah, and so and then you just plug it in and then you, you do have to go in and kind of fiddle with some settings within your computer to get it to recognize that camera. And then once it does, you can come You're on so and have this. So <laughs> it's just so incredible. And do you have lights around you too right now? Or do you have a ring I light? do. I do. I brought, um, I'm not using a ring light. I actually brought one of the fixtures from our office home since we weren't going to be there. And this is, this is one of the, uh, the lighting fixtures that we have in the office. Uh, it's just an LED. It's about, you know, 10 or 12 inches LED panel yeah. that I've got a, an umbrella on. So it, it creates a big softbox so that's what gives it this nice really diffused look and it's not really harsh shadows and then in the background i have a couple of little fixtures that are um multicolor leds just to kind of throw some color in the background to add a little it just looks back there. amazing so now well thank you very much i just got through doing a pilot and we came on for our first meeting with the executive producer and the director and the director was like seth you're gonna have to turn your camera off when the actors come in because they're gonna be so self-conscious that their setup does not look that good so for most of the time my camera was off so nobody got to see it that's crazy yeah it's yeah. just so um incredible so well, thank you. to this must go onto YouTube right now, you guys, just to see it. It's <laughs> worth it. It's a selling point. I mean, you were you an actor? Because you I was. 
I was. The conviction of one, you have the energy of one, you have the passion of one. Yes, tell us your story a little bit. Oh, my story. How long do we have, Sherry? Well, we don't have that long. <laughs> I always like to go, kind of go into the life-changing moment because hmm. when we're doing scripts and classes, the, your character always has a life-changing moment that has hmm. led you to where they are today. So a short little story to that life-changing moment that led you into the casting world. Sure. Well, acting was always something that I was interested in. I did, you know, did theater in, in, in high school and college and sort of that was pursuing a professional career as acting as an actor was always something kind of that floated around in the back of my brain. Um, so in 2006, I moved from the East Coast to L.A. to do that, to train while I was out here. I got my SAG card. Um, I booked a, you know, booked my co-star, booked a pilot, um, you know, really just sort of answered, scratched that itch for me. Um, and was out here for uh, almost six years doing that during that time to market myself as an actor and to get to know casting directors. I was uh, interning in some casting offices. I was um, volunteering as readers uh, at, at different studios and, and for different sessions with casting directors. And so got to experience the casting process as an actor. It was really for me just to get more experience of being in the room, just to see what happens and goes on between, you know, as an actor, you put all this pressure on yourself, you get this one appointment that you've got five minutes to go in. And it's like, the the, the weight of the world is on you or you feel that, yes. that you, you walk into that to that room, it's hard to be present when you walk into that room. And so for me, it was the more I could be in that environment and kind of get comfortable with it. When I had the appointments as an actor, I would go in and be like, oh, I totally know what's going on. None of this that's happening in the office has anything to do with me. They have 9,000 other things going on. Great. I can come in, do my work, leave and go home and have a great rest of the day. Uh, but, such a great, smart move. Yeah. And, but during that, I really loved it. I really got to like the process of it. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a creative person, um, but I'm also a very organized. I love my lists. I love, you know, details and to do lists and checking things off. And, and, and casting is, it, it scratches both sides of my brain. You know, it's, it's a creative job because you do have to know actors. You have to understand performance. You have to, 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 to be creative, but you also have to be very logistical. I mean, a lot of casting is administrative, you know, yeah. scheduling sessions, you know, making deals, writing contracts, making lists, you know, it, so it's, it, it, for me, it was like, oh, wow, this is the thing that lets me do everything. Um, Wait, where was yeah. it in that moment? Which, what was that moment though? Was there one particular office you were doing that for? And you went, oh my God, it's just all coming. Uh, well, so I, I took a little bit of a detour. So in, in 2011, I decided I was, you know, I had done, I had booked a pilot the year before, uh, two years before that didn't end up going. Uh, it was called, it actually went to series. It was called The Event. It was an NBC um, uh, series. It was a one, that was a one season series. Um, uh, Jason Ritter, uh, Blair Underwood. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun show. Um, and I, I did that. And I kind of felt like what I realized as a result of that experience, and all the actors who are listening are going to think this is the most bizarre thing that I'm going to say, but I think this is maybe this is the defining moment, and I haven't ever articulated it until now. Incredible. I realized while I was working on that show that I liked auditioning and I liked getting trying to get the job more than I did actually 
doing the job. If that it. makes any sense. It does though. You like the, the, the game of it. I, I, I did. And I liked the process of it. And I, I just, there was something about it that I, that I wasn't having as much, it was the biggest role I'd ever booked. Like I wasn't having as much fun. I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I should have been feeling in that moment with the opportunity that I had been given. And that just caused me to go, maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe, maybe continuing to pursue trying to be an actor and be on screen isn't what I need to be doing. Interesting. Well, if that's not what I'm going to be doing, then maybe I could do something else from somewhere else, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Did you feel yeah. like when you were on set that you weren't having, usually actors feel like the stress is gone after they get the job. The stress factor comes into the audition and the, the, you know, the nerves that go on. And then when you land on set, it's just, I know when I was an actress, you get the job and you're just so mellow. You didn't feel that. It was the complete opposite for me, truthfully. And I think that part of that came from, I got so used to being in the room as a reader or as an, you know, as an, an unpaid intern or assistant in casting, that that got to be very familiar and very easy to me. And that wasn't, that did not cause near as much anxiety as, walking on set because you don't get to practice being on set. I mean, you can do student films, you can do, you know, I've done a couple web series and worked with friends on things, but being on set, you kind of don't really get that opportunity until you have the opportunity to do it. And so all of that pressure of there's hundreds of people, they're depending on me to get this right the first time, making sure my eyelines are right. Like it was all, I was so in my head and wow. so unable to be present in the moment that it was, too stressful. It was extremely stressful. It was extremely stressful. So this is basically advice is go get a series and avoid <laughs> the casting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, but, but I think for me, I needed to go through that process. Like I needed, it, it, I, I answered that question for myself of is acting what I'm, it is. Making film and television is what I am supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like that is what I have always wanted to do is, is be involved, television specifically. Um, no, and I needed to go through that, the, the process of, of seeing it from being the actor to know, oh, I can still be a part of making television, but I don't have to be the person on the screen. It is such an incredible aha moment that you've expressed right now to everybody who's listening. And I love that because you know what, you, you can start somewhere. I started as an actress too, and then I found my life in coaching and I couldn't have been happier. Mm -hmm. So to find that and then to be lucky enough to find it and then be lucky enough to be successful at it and to live in the joy of what you love doing. It's magical. I, I couldn't, I have the best life. I, I, I love my, I love my job. You know, I'm on Instagram and that's kind of one of the tags that I always put in my post because I, I love what I do and it's well, what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. I just yeah. had to, I had to get there. I had to go on a journey to get there and I'm yes. so excited and thrilled that I've landed where I've landed. You know, it's so interesting because I was thinking about talking with you today and I thought when I was an actress, and I have a lot of casting director friends because now I'm an acting coach. I don't have that 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 neediness that I guess I carried around when I was an actor. Mm. And I always put casting directors sort of on a pedestal and I get nervous and all this, but I, I don't feel that because I'm in a different place. So what kind of message can you tell actors to not feel that bullshit? Because we're all the same and we all need each other. 
I think you just said it. I mean, I think that that is it's it, that's the thing to remember is I can't do my job without you as the actor, you know, talking to an actor, you can't, you can't get your next job or your next opportunity or, or your sort of casting directors and, and casting professionals are kind of the people who are able to give you those opportunities. And so we both need each other. And, you know, I, I tell actors this all the time. I'm hoping, and I, I, even when I was an actor, I heard casting say this, and it was hard for me to understand or really believe. I am hoping that you are the answer when you walk in the door. I am rooting for you from the minute you walk in the door. Please be this. Please, I want you. To, I want you to do well. I want you to be this character in in a way that is undeniable that everybody who sees this audition is able to say yes this is the person that we need to hire for this job every single person that walks in the door that's how that's how i feel when they walk in the door and so if there's a way that the actor can can trick themselves into believing that or 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 find a way to believe it or or hear me as i say it and believe it well that, you're still talking to you you're still accessible and vulnerable and open and you feel so present. It's not that experience all the time with everybody in, uh, as casting directors. So it's a blessing. I am excited for all the actors you get to week for you because you seem so amazing, which is, it. you do need each other. And to have that openness to actors makes them feel calm and, and more open to being their best selves too. And I think, and, and, and thank you for saying that. And, and, and again, I think that comes from the fact that I, have been in their shoes. I've been on that side of the room before. I know exactly what you're feeling when they they're feeling when they walk in the door. I also happen to be very blessed to work in a very actor friendly office. Liz Barnes, who I work with uh, most, is married to an actor. Tannis Valley is a is a, another casting director in our office. She's a former child actor, so we get it. Like our office gets it, and that is just sort of the the energy and attitude that we try and bring to every session that that we all we re, we respect what you do we ask that you respect what we do and, and and understand that we need each other i would say you know yes like any job it comes with its stresses mm -hmm. and yes you could absolutely walk into our office on a day when it has been a nightmare of a day mm -hmm. on another show on something that has absolutely nothing to do with this part that we are working, that we are having a session for right now. Understand that whatever kind of residual yeah, energy. <laughs> energy I bring with me yeah. doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. That it is that it is completely, it, it's me processing working through my day on something else. It's so hard for actors and I, you know, we're, we're both, we were actors so you understand that we're sensitive human beings. Mm -hmm. so you're walking in with your heart on your sleeve and then you're walking into energy that is feeling stressful. And if you grab on and take that energy, you're just gonna fail in your storytelling. And it's really mm -hmm. about get up, get in, do your story to the best of your ability and get out. When you say it's a nightmare of a day, what does that mean that an actor didn't show up, that they have to recast the role, that they, they rewrote a role. What does that mean? What does that look like? It could be, yes, all of those things. You know, we find out that the person that we that we want to test is passing on the deal. And so now we have to go find another person to, to test for the role. So it can be someone didn't show up for work, you know, or um, 
like I was saying earlier, casting is it's it's creative, but it's also very administrative. So there's you know there's a deal making process, and and you know it gets there there does get to be some sort of businessy stuff, and that that stuff for some people, um, that's more difficult to do than the creative, fun list making, reading with actors, and that's the fun stuff, and that's the stuff that we kind of can walk into and just be, and then when it comes to sort of some doing some of this other sort of administrative stuff that can just get very challenging and so yes a nightmare every day you may have to deal with um i just got yelled at by an agent on the phone about a, an offer that i was making to an actor and they thought that it was you know it should have been more or or, or they aren't willing you know it, it can be a, a million different things or having a problem with the studio or or yes we've gotten a rewrite and now we have four more roles to cast for this episode that shoots tomorrow and they need them in wardrobe by the end of the day and like i had my whole day planned out seeing people for something else and now i have to pivot and either put out a breakdown or get people in to to do the other thing and so it's especially when you're in series on something things are constant you only have a certain number of days to cast an episode and so you you sort of everything kind of has to work and when it doesn't you have to be able to adjust yeah. but that adjusting can kind of can sometimes cause stress for sure so pre-COVID, when an actor would walk in, uh, in a pre-read, do you feel like it's different in a pre-read than a producer session? Do you like when a walker, when an actor walks in? And even now, we'll address doing it on Zoom and talk to me about having Zoom sessions. Do you like when an actor comes in and talks and tells you stories, or you just want to get right down to it, get adjustments, and then go? What's your preference? Um, uh, I would say... I think there's a difference between be I think an actor should I always like an actor who's friendly and polite and is comes in the room and is like hey especially if it's someone that I've known that I've read before or that I've worked with before hey it's good to see you how's your how's your kid or I heard you got married or you moved or something I, th I think there's definitely room for a, a second or two of like reconnection just just a beat of like hey come in and I feel like our office is very um uh, aware of that and we try and give an actor please set your stuff down here is there any questions like just to kind of give everybody a minute to breathe and become present i think that finding that moment is important mm -hmm. carrying on into a chatty conversation and telling me all the things that you did blah 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 like stretching out that moment mm -hmm. i especially especially when i was doing this uh having people physically come in the room. I only have a finite window of time in which I need to see all the people. And so I have, I, we tend to schedule our sessions. Yes. We tend to over schedule our sessions because we know some people may not show up or some people are gonna be late or need to reschedule. And so I'm just trying to move through those, those actors as quickly as possible to get to my next thing. Yeah. So, I think you have to find a balance of of being friendly and professional, friendly and polite, but also professional. I know that this is a a job interaction at this point. Yeah. When you when you're coming in, it's hi, come in, do your thing, and I think take your I think take the cue from either the casting director or the pilot we just did. You know, our one of our EPs, we were doing it via Zoom, and one of our EPs sort of took the lead on talking to actors as they came in and sort of apologizing for how weird it was and, you know, sort of trying to make them feel as comfortable. I think take the lead from 
the person in the room who's talking. And if they're like, hi, welcome, thanks for being here, here we go. Like clearly they want to move it along and not do the thing and just come in and do the work and leave. But if they're engaging and chatty, then I think sort of read the room that way. Yeah. So how has it changed now on Zoom? And can we talk, address a little bit of the importance of that waiting room? Because I'm sure when you were reading actors live, you could see the waiting room can suck the life out of you. And then verse, right, the same thing on Zoom. I mean, I have actors who train and coach and then they test for shows on Zoom. So let's talk about that waiting room and what's some advice that actors should do in that waiting room instead of suck the life out of themselves. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. I, I, the, the, the nice thing about the Zoom waiting room now is that you aren't sitting there looking at every other person that has been at every other audition that you've had over the last six months because you're all the same type and you all get called in on the same thing. Now you just sort of are waiting in this sort of black hole of when am I going to come in next? Um, it's challenging. I mean, it, I, I've loved Zoom. I love Zoom selfishly because my sessions, it fall apart a lot less frequently, you know, because I'm not having to worry about people that are in Santa Monica for a commercial audition and then have to drive all the way to Burbank to be my office and then testing at Warner Brothers at four, like trying to coordinate physically moving around LA. Um, now it's people can log on and off from their no <laughs> we had several people late. from their cars. You, you know, I mean, there's cannot be late. No, you cannot be late. And that, you know, if you the likelihood that if you get material the day before or two days before, you're going to still be in that session and not try and, and push it. So I, selfishly, I've loved it from that because I've gotten to sort of we've got, been able to get through a lot more people and not have to have so many reschedules in terms of the actors. Yeah. Um, I will say, and, and, and our director, um, I just did a, a pilot, another freeform pilot. Um, uh, Leslie Headland was the director and um, she's um, Russian doll is the, the, the oh. series that, that most people might know her. I mean, she's done a million things, but that's sort of one of the most recent things that she's done. Right. Um, and, and she had the observation and I totally agreed that we got better auditions from people mm. over zoom then sometimes you get in the room with people because people are in their homes, they're in an environment where they're comfortable, they haven't had to sit in traffic, they haven't had to sit in a waiting room and stare at other people, that they're kind of, they're able to sort of do their prep and be in an environment, have a candle lit, have a glass of water or whatever, you know, be in your space to do your craft and then boom, the thing comes on and you do your audition and then you go about your day. That, that there's not, you're not walking into a room of six strangers and feeling all the weird energy and like trying to kind of, the things that actors can, that can cause actors to get in their head about stuff. All of that stuff isn't there anymore, really. Silver lining, silver lining, silver lining. I think, I think so. And I think again, if you, yes, it, the Zoom process does put a lot more onus on the actor and that is challenging because now it is up to you to make sure you have a good camera and you have good audio and you have good lighting so that we can see you and that the audition that you present is the best possible because that's you know in in this situation we did we tested people from their bedrooms yes. or living rooms at studio question. network i have a question what yeah. happens if someone's internet fails and they're on a zoom meeting in the middle of, and they freeze has that happened or is everyone it has 
it has. Um, Sign off and come back on. What what happens? We've we've done it a couple of different ways. I, I think depending on you know, I'm on my phone and I really can't get to a place. I'm not on my laptop. Like it, they're 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 for whatever reason in a position where they aren't able to hardwire in or get to a laptop or or get to guaranteed better internet. If that's the case, then we will either reschedule them and have them come into another session okay, when they're able to get to a place or have them self-tape. That was kind of just kind of, okay, if you're, you know, in Wyoming, wherever, quarantining in the middle of nowhere, like just self-tape it and get it to us when you, you know, end of day today or, or first thing in the morning. That way we have something that's just better quality. I think um, every actor needs to have a hotspot on their phone because with a hotspot, it's so helpful. It's so helpful. But even then, I mean, my recommendation was one of the very first, you mentioned my Instagram uh, yes. videos, which I need to get back to. I, I, I took a break from it when I, when I started this pilot, They're but I need so to get good. back what, to them. Instagram handle is just Seth Kasky. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is it? No, it's just Seth Kasky, all lowercase, all, but yeah. Fascinating yep. information yep. on there for yep. actors. Go to. Um, but my, the first one I did was about having a wired connection. Like that is my number one first recommendation to any actor get what get a, a, a $50 I mean mine was $50 but it's 50 feet you know uh internet cable to hardwire your laptop into your router modem yeah. it's just going to make that connection so much more secure and stable and that, that you don't have to worry about it yeah. when you get that appointment so important life has changed do you think it's going to go back to in in room or do you think it's going to stay like this for a very long time uh i think at some point not not soon mm -hmm. we will go back to i do think there is value to getting people in a room together oh, of course, the human connection we crave it yeah we crave it yeah and i think you know it, 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 you can do a chemistry read with two actors on zoom we have done it but I do think that there is just, there is going to be, there is something about getting those two people physically in the same space that I think once we're able to do that safely, yeah. we will do. But in terms, I think self-taping, I think pre-reads are going to be virtual or self-tapes kind of oh, forever. I mean, and I look at it from, I look at it from this, I'll give you this example of this pilot by day four, after four days of releasing the breakdown on this last pilot, I had more than 200 self-tapes already in. Wow. There's no way we would have been able to physically see that many actors in four days, mm -mm. right? So it, it, it just allowed us to cast a, a wider net to see people that we may not have just, we may have been on the fence on, I don't know if she feels exactly right. Well, let's have her self-tape and just see. You know, it, it opened the opportunity up for more actors to be seen. And I think when you're in series on something, the turnaround time is so quick that if I can do a self-tape and I can have, you know, a whole session of 50 people come in and read for this co-star, this recurring co-star and see those 50 people in two days, I just feel like that's going to be, I don't feel, I feel like that's going to start being the the way things are done more so than trying that. to do these in-persons. Yeah. My question is this, because as a casting director, the job of the actor is to come in and, and build trust with you. Build trust that you can trust that they're not gonna be crazy, crazy on set. Because aside from the fact of having to be really good, if they're too weird or you get a weird sense, hell no, you're not gonna cast them in this role. 
So how do you sense that on Zoom? Is it just has to be a guttural feeling? Because there's no way to really tell. I've yeah, stopped that's, him. That's it. No, I mean, I think you, you make a good point. And, and I think it's, yes, part of what casting is doing is we're sort of, we're vibing people out, right? We're sort of vibing them out from a, from a, a talent and a craft standpoint and we're also vibing them out as, as humans and i think you you can you can get a lot over zoom it's it is not 100 percent. it is not as as good as being in person but i think you can i think you can kind of vibe a person out over zoom you know, I think if there's a real question, then 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 you know that's sort of how we use social media. Is okay. Let's just let's just if we don't, especially if it's someone that we don't know, yeah. and and this is someone that we're putting up for a series regular on a show that we're like, where do they come from? What else have they done? Let, 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 you know, we try and of course get all of their materials and 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 get a sense of them as an actor. But then like, let's just go see how they're sort of what they're saying about themselves in the world. And so we'll Facebook and Twitter and Instagram just kind of look and, and yeah. get to know an act, try and get to know an actor that way of who is this person's personality, all, you know, not on set. Mm -hmm. um, it's fascinating to me because yeah. it is about building trust. And, and gosh, I just can't say enough to actors that the way you enter a room and the way you exit and the way you behave during that time do you agree with me it is so crucial it's yeah amazing. how do you feel about an actor when they they started their script and then they stop oh my god i gotta do it again are you in the uh, mindset of yes you bobbled start again or just gather it it's not a big deal go to the end, we get nerves, we get that happens sometimes. Get back to your thoughts. <laughs> it, 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 that's, it, 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 the answer to that question is, is somewhat case by case. Okay. You know, if it's, if it, if it is, I'm trying to think about how, how, I, how I best wanna say it. If, if it's a one or, if it's a, if it's a co-star, Yes. right just finish it yeah right because it's going to be two lines great you mess up on it great let's do it again let's get it up because because then it becomes more about oh i forgot the and and it, then it just becomes more like okay i want to know that you're not going to be weird and do that in front of a director on set and like and halt production right. because yeah. yes. because of this um you know it depends on the project too you know and so if it's if it's a bigger part and you some some people like you to be absolutely word perfect and get it all out. Some people are like, you know, it's fine, you know, kind of, you know, this last pilot that we were on, Leslie um, and Jenny both, they, they're improv people. And so they were like, if you don't hit all the lines perfect, it's fine. If there's, a, if you think the joke is better, if you have something better to say, like make it your joke. Like they were super loosey goosey about mm -hmm. sticking to the lines. And so it, I think that freed up the actor not to feel like they had to be word perfect and in the page um i think as long as it's not distracting like if it's if it's we get a sentence or two into the material and you're like i just sorry can we just take that back and it's done professionally like no. i'm sorry can we stop and reset great and then take your breath and then get it the second time is how is how i feel it's like if we're gonna stop and you're gonna stop yourself great 
I, I can appreciate that, but then now take whatever beat you need to take to get rid of whatever it was that, that caused you to go up on the line so that we can get a clean take. Um, you feel like know sometimes, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. And, and I don't want to stress you out by any means, but <laughs> you feel like sometimes, and it's a very, we're all human and nerves are, are a thing and they get in your way. So do you feel like sometimes, because I know in classes, sometimes it happens that we'll, a student will be doing something and in the middle, they just go, I got to start again when it was a glorious take. It was glorious. So sometimes you don't know on the outside what's going on. So I think it's really tricky. And I think it's, to me, I used to be of the note of you're off your game, start again. But now I'm on this. Just have a thought and get back on your train and you'll be fine. Because most of the time people don't even know. And isn't it human nature? Doesn't it feel more entertaining if someone bobbles a line, laughs at themselves, and continues? Yes, and <laughs> and and to your point, it is such a, that's such a wise thing to say, and it's and it's something that you see all the time. That it's like this is so amazing, and then like the actor, you don't have any perception of what the camera is seeing or what casting is seeing. What you shouldn't, like if you're in your head enough to like know exactly what you're doing then it's probably not a great read anyway but if you're in the moment and, and you you've done the work and and you've just you're sort of riding whatever the emotion is that you're feeling you have no idea what we're seeing and it could be so amazing and then to when you pull yourself out of it to be like oh i mess up the word it's like oh no we're never gonna get that take again because it's we could do it again we get it clean and that's fine and, and i've had that happen plenty of times that, yes. that that we will do that and I'll still show the first take and be like he doesn't quite make it to the end but like just what like what we had at the beginning was amazing like just just look at that part of the scene um so you yes I it's a it's a it's a fine line I think if if, if it's if you're going to if you're gonna it's going to trip you up so much that you are get in your head so bad that you're just it's gonna be terrible <laughs> then you have to stop like you just have to stop. Because, so because once you stop, you better freaking be better. Yes, yes, you have to get get rid of whatever it was that that was was messing with you, and then let's get back in it. Because that that's what you have to be able to do on set, and that's and that's what I couldn't do. I couldn't get out of my head on set, and so you've got to, you got to practice it now. Use that audition room to practice what it's going to be like on set when you've got hundreds of people and dollars being spent and people running around and you've got to get it in one take, like practice that yeah. in the room. So important. How do you feel yeah. about actors on their self tapes? And I sort of want to adjust self tapes just for a little bit. Sure. Aside from of course, sound and lighting. How do you feel about the behavioral life of that character? A little bit of an essence of it? Or do you like the actor just to be straight on just because it's an audition? I'm of the, you know, I like to do everything outside the box. So I think a three-dimensional life of a character is incredibly important, but each office, and that's why I do these as a give back so people can get to know your likes and dislikes because everyone's different. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? What is What does a good self-tape look like for you? Uh, so my, my feeling is nobody wants to watch an audition. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to watch a scene. Mm -hmm. They want to watch a human being 
in having a moment, having an experience, living life. Mm. And so whatever you need to create that for yourself, that's what I want to see, especially in a self-tape environment, right? I mean, our office, when we were seeing people in person, we love a prop. You know, so we'd have a props there for I actors. I love you guys so much for saying that because it's an extension of the character's life. Yes. Uh, yes, and it and if it's it and and if it if it helps ground you in that moment, like we were doing, um, you know, we had to uh, we, we were doing Blood and Treasure. That was the first one I think we did it on, and the actors had to like in the scene she had to smash a a pot on the ground and like it you know it was an antique pot and she was showing people that it was a fake, and it was so watching actors first come in and like throwing nothing yeah. it was like why so we handed them a tissue box and we're like throw the tissue box on the ground like it just helped ground them and gave them something to do so if a prop is helpful in that way to ground you in that moment to i'm all about using a cell phone sure if it calls for a cell phone get your cell phone don't cover your face with it don't talk here with it but use the phone because that's just going to help ground you in that moment so i think whatever prop wise i don't think you know you don't need to go all out with the wardrobing yourself and what this person would wear but you know a, a suggestion of that if it again if it helps ground you in that moment yeah. i'm all for an actor using it and especially if it's on a self-tape like that's at your house or wherever you're doing it like <laughs> you're not bringing that into my office and i have to deal with all your things like it's that that's on you to to, to do that for yourself I always say for in-person and at home, I think it's, you could do so much more as long as you stay and keep it simple. But I tell actors for guys, well, for everybody, a backpack, because you could take a backpack off. It's part of your body, a phone, a backpack, and a little sling bag for women or even mm -hmm. guys if you want to hold a sling bag. Because in that bag is ingredients that tell us of the story of your character. So maybe your character does have an obsession as to put on the lip gloss, but it's all compact around you. So you're not coming mm -hmm. in and, you know, spreading with props through an office. It's just really contained. I think there's a fine line of that. But mm -hmm. So important. So you're not stiff. Exactly. And, and you look like a three dimensional human being living a moment, you know, to that point, if, if you want to use a lip, uh, you know, put on the lip gloss, great. And it's not specifically called for that at this moment, she puts on lip gloss. Make sure that you've rehearsed that. I think that's that's where I think actors can get tripped up sometimes that they're like, they feel a need to do something special or something more great. If that helps, if that helps you in the scene, but but do make sure that that's something you've thought about or planned ahead of time because it's you know digging through the bag looking for the <laughs> lip gloss is exactly. too distracting line that you have that thought yeah. it leads you to do this that yep. you can repeat and do it over and over and over again consistency yep. consistency is really important mm -hmm. how do people get in touch with you are you open do you like messages on instagram uh how do actors reach out to you what is um acceptable for you or what is boundaryless for you? Uh, so I, I do make myself pretty accessible on Instagram is my social media of choice. I mean, I'm on Twitter. I have a Facebook account that I never go on. Um, <laughs> Instagram is <laughs> my mom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I mean, I have one because I've, I've had it for years and, and it, it does exist, but I just I don't check it that often. Um, Instagram is, is sort of how I interact with uh, with 
everyone um, in the social media world. Um, and then I do also have a, if, if, it, if there's an actor who wants to send me their materials, because um, Instagram is kind of hard sometimes to send me a demo. I mean, you can, actors will tag me and stuff if they've gotten new pictures, I'm totally fine with that. Um, you know, if you want to share things that you've worked on or, or clips of things that you're putting up on your social media, I'm totally fine with you including me in that. Um, but if you want to send me more formal materials, you know, links to your demo, pick and resin, that sort of stuff. Um, I have my own website, which is again, just my name, sethkasky.com. Uh, and there's a, a contact section. Um, and then once you go to that page, there's a, a, a bar to the left that's specifically for actors where they can tell me, you know, you can tell me who your reps are. You can give me all your reps information, oh, links to everything. And then that all goes, it all feeds into my internal database. So I have, I can't promise that I am able to respond to everyone that does that, but know that it gets, it gets processed and sort of in my, it now becomes part of the stuff so that I keep. So you're open and you're looking for new talent at all times? A hundred percent. I think everyone should be. I mean, that's my job, right? My job is to find the next person or, or you know, the, the, that's what every show that I've worked on is. Who's the actor who we haven't seen before? I mean, you mentioned American Princess when you made your introduction. Like, that was a wonderful show that they didn't, even Glow too, like they didn't, the producers on those shows didn't want to see people who look like actors. I didn't want to see people who had been on every procedural in town. Like they wanted new faces. They wanted really fun, interesting people and character. -y, you know, it was, we, they just wanted people that were new or we didn't really know or who had, you know, been, had been doing their thing that weren't, you know, yeah. overexposed in a way. And so, yes, there, there's, I can only know so much and I can only look through a, a submission and see so much. So I have to, you know, everybody in the office has to have their own sort of list of people that they're excited about and that they want to find jobs for and that they've, you know, gotten to know either through an open call or through, you know, meeting a certain meeting away that um, we can go to that you don't get inundated, you must get inundated with so many emails. That's why I have it sort of I, I used to. And that's why I sort of separated it out and now have this sort of form that it, so it, yes, it all it all gets fed in, but it's not something that I have to constantly process and go through as my as my inbox where I'm dealing with agents and managers and studio execs, like the stuff where I have to do my day-to-day -day business, like that I keep separate from my yeah. communication with actors, yeah. Um, I love that you're so open. What's your take on if you, in your office, you hire an actor for a co-star, then you hire them for a guest star, then you bring them back for a smaller co-star, does work beget work in your opinion or should actors be aware of building from co-star to guest star. What's your feelings about that? Uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, um, I think you. I think work begets work. So I think you're right. I think you do have to. Um, stay open. Stay open to it. I mean, like I, I look at it. I, I sort of have to look at it even in compared to my own career. Like some jobs, I'm a casting associate some jobs I'm a co-casting director and it's like I'm willing to do one and then go back down and do another one because like it's it's for whatever reason and I think that's that the actor would look at that and say is this a show that I want to be a part of is this a director that I want to work with is this 
you know, in our office, yes, once you kind of make it onto our list of people that we've hired, we're going to keep trying you for everything. And we are probably, we may book you as a guest star and be like, oh my God, wouldn't it be so amazing if he would come back and do this co-star? I'm going to ask, you can say no, but I clearly like you as an actor and, and think that you'd be great for this job. If you want to do it, great. If not, know that you're still on our list of people that we like and want to go to. Um, so I think it has to make sense for the actor. Like, do you need to make your insurance this month? And doing a one-day co-star on something is going to help you get your insurance. It may not be super strategic in getting you to the next level, but it it's practical. I think it's so practical, but I also think this. I think actors are pursuing their, their dreams of being actors because they freaking love acting. So even if you have one line, you still have to create a life of that character connected, combined with yourself. You have to figure out all the pieces, a beginning, middle, and end. So from one line to five lines to 50 lines, to me, there's no insult. It's just about the artistry. Mm -hmm. And I think people should have that, that outlook because then they're, they're not gonna get that rigidity. Oh, I'm insulted now. Because you know what that does to me, and you can agree or not agree, but I think it just stops that flow. I'm not a religious person, but I am about that flow of that energy into the universe, that flow of just being malleable and being open to whatever comes your way. I'm, I'm 100% in that, in that belief of, yeah. of being open to, open to what the universe presents you. I do think that you have to evaluate it mm -hmm. right like i think that there you know i think that that is i think that there's wisdom in that in evaluating is this a good thing for me to do now is the, does this does this does this lead me closer to where i want to go does is this is this is this feeding me creatively you know i i do think there is but yes finding a way to do that and not getting insulted by thinking oh they're only bringing me back for this one line co-star because because know that that is not i mean we know know that we know like if you've done a recurring guest star for us on another show and i ask you to do a co-star i it's honestly because i think you're amazing and love you and, and would love for you to do this and i think it would make us look good to our producers i think you'd have fun doing it like we get we it'd be a paycheck but know that i know that a day at scale is not Right. 10 episodes of something so you have to say yeah i, I and, that, and then i think it becomes the up to the actor to decide whether it, it makes sense for them but i think that's a really important part point that you made casting directors know actors goals are always to do bigger jobs mm -hmm. so if you're invited to the party at a smaller role at a bigger than to the smaller just come to the party mm -hmm. they all know i think that's really that really resonated with what you just said there. Um, I adore you. <laughs> Who is your favorite? Like, what was your, was there an actor that you feel like you found that they walked in the room and you're like, oh my God, my heart's pounding. I'm so excited this is gonna happen. Or did you find someone and didn't, you didn't, they didn't get the role, but you really wanted them to get that role? That's a good question. Oh. <laughs> it's a it's a great question and I, and 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 honestly like I feel like I would leave someone out if I said that this is my favorite you know yeah. I, I think that's part of what we do and it's part of kind of why I get addicted to this job is that you fall in love with people all the time yeah. like you get to fall in love with them and you're like oh my gosh they're amazing like 
that has happened so many times on 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 stuff that I've worked on and that people that you know Shakira is one that I use a lot just because that she's that was I was sort of she was probably one of the first actors that I was sort of involved in kind of suggesting her for a role so um, Shakira Barrera um, is an actor who I first met her she came in and auditioned for a freeform pilot that I was working on with Tannis Valley in 2016 it was uh, the pilot of Siren and that was sort of where I met she came in and read and like was one of several hundred women that came in and read for that part and she was it wasn't the it wasn't the right fit for her for that role but i really liked her i was like oh this this actor is good and 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 she's someone to remember and then flash forward to the second season of glow we were looking to add the character of yo-yo and like she was one of the people that like first came to my mind i was like you remember her i went back and i watched her audition for siren and I was like, I think, I mean, she was, she was a little bit younger or she read a little bit younger in that, in the siren audition. I was like, I don't know, maybe we should try her. And then, you know, I was still an associate at that point and working with Liz and Jen Houston and sort of suggest, you know, as an associate, you can sort of suggest people, but it's, it's not really your job at that point to decide who's going to come in the room. And so was able to sort of say, I remember her. I really like her. I think we should try her. She's got a dance background. Here's some dance stuff she's done. Cause they were looking for this actor to be um, a break dancer. Um, and they were looking for a, a Latinx actor. I was like, I think we should just try her. And Liz was like, sure, I think we should. Great, you know, let, let's bring her in and see. And she came in and like the minute she came, walked in the door and like did the scene, it was like, done, 100%, we're done. Like she's, this is this is great. And so it's, it when, when, when those moments happen, and it's like, you're like someone that you thought of or someone that you you liked from another project, or I even have actors that I am in love with that I have not been able to hire. Like for whatever reason, they haven't booked the job, but like they are always on my list of people that I wanted to try for it because I'm just so, I love them so much or, or find them so watchable or connect to their work or just there's something about them that I think is special. Like that's what that's what I love about my job is, is falling in love with people all the time and getting to have, have that excitement for the actor one because it's it's fun you know because I like I'm a problem solver and I like to sort of hear all my puzzle pieces where are they going to fit and then it's also because I understand what the actor is the journey that they're on and it's like how in whatever small way could do I have the opportunity to be a part in their journey to the next job or their first job that, I mean, those are some of my first, those are my favorite calls to make are when we're hiring actors for their first job. Because I remember what that was oh, like. So you know? exciting. It's so exciting. God, it's part of the addiction. Actors are addicted. You're addicted. We're mm -hmm. all Before we close out, can you imbue upon young actors who are listening out there three positive things that they could be doing to help push their career forward? Mm hmm that's great. Um, I think one, be training mm -hmm. somewhere, be in class somewhere, be exercising your muscle, memorizing lines, getting into character, making choices, growing and strengthening your actor acting muscle. I think is 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 super important because then it's ready to be used when the time comes that we that you need to use it. Mm -hmm. 
my second piece of advice is is not necessarily specifically career, but I think it's I think it's I think it leads to that. I think continue to work on yourself as a person. Yes. Um, and continue to grow and become more self-aware and understand who you are as a human being on the planet. Because what I think that will do is the more you do that and the more you know yourself and the more you um, are able to access all the parts of you, the richer your work is going to be because you're going to be able to bring all of that truthfulness of who you are. Every person is so unique and every person has had such different experiences and your experiences are going to inform, as a, as a human, are going to inform your work in a way that is unique and singular and is only only you can do. So the more that you are able to, to sort of understand and, and develop you as a human, I think that's gonna do nothing but help your career um and then my third piece that's a hard one i mean because there's a there's a couple i mean i think i i I guess it would be in terms of um expanding your um encyclopedia of creative work you know watch watch good stuff watch bad stuff watch watch as much take experience as much art as you can yeah, right knowledge, yeah and i and it's it for me it's it's watch it's what because i even do that in, in 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 for a casting person is like i have my job like sci-fi is kind of my genre as a human being like that's as a consumer like that's what i would go to yeah. right like period dramas not really my thing like in terms of like what i love like as a person what i love but it's important for me to watch those things and meet those actors and understand what else is being created over here so that when and i say that for actors that when you're given the opportunity to you you might be a sci-fi person but you have to go in on this you know period romantic drama or, or or something that you're not that you don't connect to or, or fully understand the more that you can sort of just be exposed to different works by different people and different genres. I just think it's going to help you be able to understand how to approach material. I that makes sense. That makes total sense. Knowing your genres, knowing yourself and training. It has been such a pleasure having you. I wish you an amazing 2021. We are right now, this is being recorded on the second to last day of 2020. Mm. And we're gonna be connected for life because whoever you connect with during this time in 2020 is forever. Yes, forever, yes, I forever, agree. Forever, forever. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for coming. I'm wishing everyone a happy new year. Stay courteously aggressive out there and go for your dreams. Steph, thank you. Thank you, my pleasure. Bye.